Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 70 of Yin's Are Good, the podcast that shares and celebrates all of the good stuff going on out there and all of those good people who are making that good stuff happen. I am your host, Tressa Glover, and I hope you're doing well. I know, and I've said this a lot on this show, I... I know there's a lot going on out there. And so I hope that you are finding some time for yourself, taking some time to check in with yourself and see how you're doing. And, you know, if you need to talk, if you just need someone to listen for a while, don't be afraid to ask. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you self-absorbed. It makes you human. And that's, I mean, that's what we're all here for, right? Us, our friends, our family, our friends who are family. That's what we're here for, to help each other. And we're also here for this show, I mean, right? And we got a lot packed into this one. I, I went on another literal field trip to, this time it was... Hope Haven Farm Sanctuary. Okay, I cannot even express to you. I Okay, well, first, as soon as Karen Phillips, the founder, and I met, I felt like I had known her for years. And these farm animals, okay. I, well, I'd never been to an animal sanctuary before, let alone a farm animal sanctuary. Oh my gosh, they were walking around with us. I mean, I had turkeys just chilling right next to me. Miniature goats, geese. Okay, I will not, I don't want to give it all away, but it's a really special place and I cannot wait to share it with you. But first, one of our favorite people and favorite organizations here on the show, Cami Tea Coach of Volen Tots is back to update us on all they have going on in the next few months. Spoiler alert, it's all fantastic. And name that neighborhood. Uh, we're actually taking a trip in the Wayback Machine this week. Hmm. More to come on that. Uh, so before we, we get going here, a reminder that our current Community Gratitude Project prompt, that's a lot of words, is... Today, I'm grateful for blank. So do email us with how you fill in that blank. Email us, of course, yinsaregood at gmail.com. And that's also where you can email us with any stories of goodness, acts of kindness, people you want to thank, people whom you are so grateful for, any and all of these things and more. You know, I'll share them on the show. So that's that same email address, yinsaregood at gmail.com. And a welcome to any of you who may be listening for the first time. Yay! We're so glad to have you. And we hope that you enjoy the episode and continue to listen as this community continues to grow. And so, let's get to it, yes? Let's get to... The good stuff. How are you? 
I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well as well. Thank you. Most famous Yinzer podcast host in Pittsburgh now. <laughs> Officially recognized as a change maker. That's awesome. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's it's pretty wild. It's you know, just getting to meet the other people in the in the class and everything that they're doing. It's really yeah. special. It's inspiring. Whenever I'm around people like that, I'm like, what can we do? How can we work together? Let's let's make some connections. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because then you just get, you start getting so many ideas and, and how to collaborate and. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you guys, what you guys figure out. Oh, thanks. I can't wait to hear what you have planned. <laughs> I am just so, I mean, could Valentat's just, well, it can keep growing anymore. It just keeps happening. <laughs> yeah. So um, we are preparing for. The holidays. So we have um, our trick or treat at nursing homes. We did this last year. It was a big hit with mm-hmm. the kids and the residents. Um, last year we had three sites. This year we have six. Whoa! Yeah. So we have uh, what we're, we have one in what we're calling North North uh, Butler. Then we <laughs> have what we're calling Middle North which is like the North Park area. We have one in the South. Oh, in true working mom fashion, my two and a half year old, who is, who is what I can only be described as feral, has come down the um, stairs. I'm trying to do this in the basement. He's come down the stairs with a bag of goat cheese that he looked like he's ripped into with his mouth oh. and is now demanding that I feed him goat cheese out of the ripped up bag anyway so sorry he's good taste i mean he has good taste goat cheese good lord anyway Mm. so we have um (laughs) north north the middle north one in the south monroeville one all the way out in ligonier and uh, one in the city so if you want to create in a nursing home we have a location for you Love it. And so that, and I'm sure, and the other things that you'll be sharing. So where can folks go just, just right off the top here? Just everything at your website? Yeah. Voluntotspgh.org has all of the information on um, our trick-or-treating. It's so cute. And the residents love it so much. And the kids do get candy. So. Aww. And are, what are, is there uh, an age range? Anybody, I mean, if you want to bring your six-month-old and their cute little pumpkin costume, if you want to bring your 11-year-old and their, I don't know what 11-year-olds are dressing up as, um, who, who, whomever wants to come is, uh, is welcome. And we can't wait to see, we can't wait to see you guys. Yay. Yeah. Well, you can, I know you can just keep going. I mean, you can take it through <laughs> December. I know it. Yeah, I can and I will. So, um, <laughs> so then in oh, hello, Will Will has made his podcasting debut. Um, I will. Yeah. So Thanksgiving uh, last yeah. year we did. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not. Yeah. A, you're not a cat. <laughs> so last year we did um, one site for our Thanksgiving food boxes packing. And this year we're doing four. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, so we have we're back at Discovery Church in um again we're kind of doing like a north north and then like middle north location. So we're back at Discovery Church. Thank you so much to everyone at Discovery. Um it was a phenomenal site last year. It's a phenomenal site this year. They have a indoor playground in the facility. So the kids are able to take brain breaks, which is fantastic if you're trying to corral a lot of kids to do <laughs> Um, a specific task allowing them to um, take brain breaks is fantastic so on November 19th we will be at Temple uh, Emmanuel sorry about that Temple Emmanuel in the South Hills and Discovery Church and then on Sunday November 20th we will be at um, the National Council for Jewish Women their space I'm not, I, it's in Squirrel Hill. We don't have an exact address yet. And then um, the second location for that is Temple Ohab Shalom uh, in Allison Park. So yeah, and that is going to be, I mean, we are having, so we have the Discovery Church location with the indoor playground. Um, we are having um, an occupational therapist come in to do brain breaks with the kids mm. and other locations that do not have indoor playgrounds. Um, it's just, it's just going to be, it's going to be amazing. And I will be, I will be at every site at some point. (laughs) (laughs) You will make your way. (laughs) Yes, I will. I, and every time I venture out into the South Hills, it's like, I go to Oz. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I will, Uh I will do it for Volantots. I did it this past summer. We did, um, we made welcome bags for Jeremiah's place, and I ve- and uh, we actually broke our attendance record at that event. We had like forty kids or something like that show up. Mm. So I drove out to the South Hills, and I was like, "Where am I? Is this Narnia?" <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm excited to meet a bunch of new people. Excited for, to introduce a bunch of people to Volantots and Volantikes. Um, mm-hmm. So that is. That is November. And then in December, because mm-hmm. I'm rolling, I know because I'm physically incapable of stopping. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we are going to be um, revamping, giving makeovers to visitation rooms, which is where kids who are currently in foster care and their biological parent um, meet for you know, their visitation time, these rooms. So, I mean, the people, the, the agencies that we've talked to, their rooms are small, but they're, they're okay. I mean, you know, they're not, they're not as sad as they could be. Mm. Um, But um, we are still going to show those rooms a little TLC. We're going, kids are going to be doing um, playroom cleanouts. So if you're trying to, if you have a ton of stuff and you're wondering where to donate it to, there are a lot of great options in Pittsburgh for where to donate gently used toys, but please consider Volantots as another option. Mm. Um, so we'll be doing, like I said, we'll be doing uh, those toy room cleanouts, and then the kids will actually get an opportunity um, in January to uh, revamp the rooms themselves, to paint hang new artwork. Like I said, we're, we have a wonderful OT that we've been working with who is going to identify some uh, therapeutic sensory toys for us. 
kind of make a sensory calm down corner because obviously these visits can get very um, emotional. Mm -hmm. So we are doing uh, on December 10th, we will have two locations. We're doing what we're calling a Santa's workshop. And uh, we did that last year. But we're going to be doing a location, hopefully one in Glenshaw and hopefully one in Homestead where um, families can come. Holiday PJs are encouraged. <gasps> and um, so and the kids and their families will just get a chance to put together some craft kits for um, for something that these bio parents and the kids can do together. Um, kind of keep their hands busy, you know, something that they can, that they can make. And, uh, so that's going to be December 10th. And then our target date for, um, the actual day that, you know, the kids and the parents are going to go in and redo the rooms is, uh, January 21st. Oh my gosh. So you said I can take you through December. I just took you through January, but. <laughs> <laughs> you totally did. And I love it. Oh, I love this. And this is, is this the first year that you're doing that with the, the foster kids and their so biological la parents? So last year we did, um, we helped Bethany Christian Services do a, a Christmas party for children who are in care. Mm. Uh, and that was fantastic. That was up at um, Community Presbyterian Church in Wexford. And it was, it was really, it was a really, really great event. Um, and so this year, so I am a biological parent of two children. I love kids. I hate being pregnant. So I have been vaguely in the foster care world for a while now. And um, I follow a lot of foster care influencers on Instagram. And so one of them posted, um, if anyone's interested, her name is Laura. She is foster.parenting. And she posted about kind of the sad state of these visitation rooms. And I was, you know, scrolling the Instagram as you do. And I saw the post and I was like, gee, someone should really do something about that. Wait, I am somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how everything, honestly, with all that's gone. Um, so I realized that I have this literally tiny army kind of at my disposal. <laughs> and... So I thought, like, you know, like, I could really, we could really do something about this. We could really send a really nice message because, uh, and a lot of people have questioned kind of why, why do we care about bio parents? Why are we, why are we, you know, putting in the effort for people who have not made the best choices? Um, because the goal of foster care is reunification until it's not. And so we are trying to send a message to these parents that, um, you know, we support you. We're here for you. We believe that you can reunify, that you, you can do this. You can get your child back into your custody because, and I don't know, I, I forget the exact number. So don't quote me on this, but something like 80 to 85% of parents whose children are in the system were in the system themselves. Mm. So, these are people who have been hurt. They're people who are kind of on the margins of society. They're dealing with a lot of society's really huge problems. And um, we are attempting to send the message that, you know what, you're not, 
just an addict. You're not just mentally ill. You're not just anything. You are a hurt individual and as we know, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we are sending, we are attempting to send a very strong message that like, you know, like I said, you can do this. You can reunify and we're going to support you however we can. Mm. It's so important. Everything that you're doing, I, I mean, I always love talking to you. Thank you. This, and just, and, and every time when you, and, and I love when you come back on the show and it's like, oh my gosh, there's more, <laughs> but wait. there's more, but wait, there's more. And so again, if, I just, oh yeah, go. Oh, sorry. So if you, so I did a interview about the foster care, we're calling it bridge to home mm-hmm. because obviously I am currently sitting in the city of bridges right now. <laughs> and we recognize, like I said, that foster care is kind of meant to fill a gap And the goal is for a child to go back to their biological family. Um, So it's bridge to home. And Mm. I did an interview about that. If you, if you go to YouTube and search um, Casa de Katie, my interview is um, up there and I, I get, we have a really nice conversation about a lot of different things. And um, one of those things is, um, Voluntas, how Voluntas came to be, and then we get into more detail about Bridge to Home. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for this. Thank Chat. you for thank you for being such a huge supporter of Voluntas, literally from day one. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I just yes. And and just how like and like we've talked about, but just from the youngest age possible getting kids involved and yeah we're helping others yeah we are getting very loosey-goosey about the age requirements (laughs) which is great I mean it's a great it's not even a problem it's a great thing to do because I mean we have had events that I that are sticking out in my mind right now where like two-year-olds have rocked it because mm-hmm. people have emailed me and they've been like, oh, can I bring my two-year-old? And I'm like, I, sure, let's see what happens. Um, <laughs> and great things have happened, which is not a sentence we often say about two-year-olds. <laughs> that is true. Sometimes they bring you goat cheese that they've oh opened themselves. Second kids, man, they're just, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well. This is fabulous. And I, and of course, you are always welcome on the show anytime. Thank you. And this is so wonderful. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all you do. And this, it's always fantastic to talk to you. And the first time I did this interview with you, I was hiding from my kids in my closet. And now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will thinks it's hilarious. Yes, yep. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and I did just want to add on because Cammy told me this after we um, had recorded, but when she was speaking about Bridge to Home, and that has become Voluntat's calling card, if you will, getting them known and connected throughout the country. And so now they're working with Together We Rise, which you may be familiar with, which is based in California, and they're now helping Voluntots publicize all of this work they're doing. OMG, this is so cool. So again, congrats, Cammie, on all you all are doing, and we cannot wait to hear more.
Actually, I started recording when I pulled in, so let oh, me know. Okay. If that's well, yeah. okay, I'm just like this. Dog. This is Richard. Richard. He is our. He's the only employee I say that we oh. have here because he is our working guardian at dogs. So he, he does is. protect the farm animals here. He's wonderful, and he thinks everyone that comes is coming to see him. Well, he um he did as soon as I pulled in right near. Very calm. He's what very kind dirty. of dog he's are you? He's a great Pyrenees. You are so great. He, this is like this is his thing. Like they are bred to work on farms and protect livestock. So this is his happy place and he's wonderful you but he wonderful. is dirty and he loves people and he'll lean oh, on he you is and, lean and it's yeah and he'll get you covered in hair and a lot of times he's oh. covered in mud so i do apologize oh no i'm and ready for it push through him. like i just want you to meet everyone and this is such a beautiful day so it I'm, glad, is. I'm glad that you can visit when it's beautiful out we do have four emus and they're all pretty wonderful. They're actually going into their breeding season. Oh my. So they're actually so much more like friendly. I mean, they're always very, they're, none of our animals here are aggressive, but um, Rigby, who's my favorite emu, he was getting a little spicy this summer. <laughs> and uh, I had to put him in the pasture for some of our tours because he was just getting a little spicy. Oh, But now, now he's Rigby. turned into like a big love bug. So we're, we're all, it's all good. I've never been this close to emus before. Yeah, they're very cool. Uh, Rigby will let you, oh, she might. This is one of the females. They're a little bit more aloof. Yes, Girls, yes. you know. You know. But Riggy is being, he's really friendly. So come on in. Hi, I everyone. I've talked to you three hours and you haven't left the gate. <laughs> I love it. We could, I know. <laughs> yes, so please. So we're looking, oh, here's Butters, the miniature Butters, horse. Yes, he came from a confiscation case. Hope Haven's animals all come from some type of abuse and neglect. That's the whole reason that Hope Haven exists. I started it 10 years ago. Mm. Um, and the whole impetus for starting this sanctuary was that I work as a veterinarian, was uh, working in an animal shelter in the city. It used to be the Western Pennsylvania Humane Society. If you yeah. Were, you've probably been here long enough to remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's now merged to be HAR. Um, but as I was working there, I was starting to see a lot of these farm animals oh. coming in, yeah. being surrendered, because I thought that was strange since it was a city shelter. But we did oh, get right. a lot of farm animals in, and this little piglet came in, and it was the middle of the winter. And we got this little white piglet that came in as a stray. Stray piglet. <laughs> and uh, I ended up taking it home and fostering it, because the Humane Society wasn't, it's not really set up for farm animals, you know? Yeah. They have yeah. you know, the runs for the dogs and steel cages for the cats, and it just wasn't set up for pigs or chickens or any of those types of birds. And it was that experience with that pig, that little piglet, who was just like having a puppy. He was so cute and like so much fun. And he was playful and he would come when I called him and we would just romp around with toys and it really helped open my eyes. Because even as a veterinarian, I hadn't really done a lot of work with farm animals to see how they are just like our domestic beloved pets. Hmm. And it was a really eye-opening experience. And that's what gave me the idea that Pittsburgh really needed its own safe place for farm animals. Yeah. Because back then, we didn't have any. <laughs> Yeah, and like you said, I never would have thought, that's just not something I thought about, that there'd be in this area. Yep. Yeah, and it's, you wouldn't believe how many, what, the need that there is for a, a, a safe place for farm animals. There are a lot of, there's a lot of abuse, there's a lot of neglect. Now yeah. that veganism is becoming more relevant, we're going to pop over here. And okay. We can visit some of the animals down here. Uh, I think a lot of people are becoming more aware of uh, the sentience of farm animals. Yeah. <laughs> what we do get a lot of, and you'll see more as we travel through, <laughs> is we do have a big call for people that 
um, can't take in or can't keep their chickens, especially roosters. Oh. Roosters is probably one of our number one calls for people trying to rehome. That little yeah. orange guy there, his name is Cinnamon. He's the rooster. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. And so you have to be, obviously, you have to be careful with roosters. You can't have too many together. They get territorial, a little aggressive. So we try to give them all little little families. It's just neat because we'll get a we'll get a chicken at a different from a different location, from a different experience, from a different a bif- different time. And when we once we acclimate them, it's amazing how they'll just get along and, and form this bond with one another. So really? we've got these little happy little they're I call them little family units, even though they're not really family, but <laughs> they all get along and we have these coops all over the place. You'll see a whole bunch more. I'll meet the barn cat. This one, yes. Yeah, so what is this cat's name? There's this is Karish. Hi, Karish, he this was gorgeous orange guy. He's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. He was following the, us. He was from the Beaver County Humane Society and came in by a good Samaritan with for euthanasia. He had this incredibly awful wound on his throat, uh, but he, he had the best personality. He definitely had the oh. will to live, so we were able to repair the wound, and then I ended up bringing him here. He's oh, wonderful. look at him. And how long have you been a vet? I've been, I graduated the University of Pennsylvania in 1998. Yeah. So forever. <laughs> Old is the hills. This is Hi. Boaz. Hi, Boaz. He's a beautiful miniature donkey. A miniature donkey, a miniature horse. And we have our Hi there. <laughs> wonderful volunteers. Started a volunteer program this this at the end of the summer. Oh, oh my God. So I've been doing it all by myself for 10 years. So this has been pretty sweet. <laughs> Hi, this is Lammy, one of our goats. Hi, Lammy. Gorgina, these gorgeous alpaca. I've never been this close to an alpaca oh, either. Oh, they're the sweetest. Hi, sweetheart. This is Starla. Hi, There's Twyla Starla. and Starla. And Twyla. Are they sweet? Hi. They're just so beautiful. Hi, yeah, you see the fun. And then we have, there's Jack. Jack is our old, old man alpaca. Hello, he's, Jack. Yes. He's been here for a long time. He's been for almost since the beginning. And he was actually very good friends with our llama, whose name was Carl. And Carl, unfortunately, passed away. Aww. And camelids, like alpaca and llama, they, they um, bond very, very closely. So there's been stories that if an alpaca loses its friend, that they can actually just kind of waste away and heartbreak. So I was devastated when Carl passed away that something bad would happen to Jack. So we work sometimes with other sanctuaries that have too many animals and need help to like make room. Um, so we were able to take in Twyla and Starla, the little girls from Happy Trails, which is in Ohio. Okay. So they came and it was beautiful. The day they came, they came off the trailer and they met Jack and they've been best friends. Aww. They got along perfectly just immediately. So yeah. it's been a very, very good experience having them together. Richard and the miniature donkey. Yeah, You're almost the same size. I know. When these two stand together, it's so cute. It's like... They're almost, they are almost the same size. It's so Hi. Chilling out. Hi, everybody. He was brought here from a woman who had her, him and Lammy, those are brother's sister, the little gray one. Okay. And uh, people are funny. They She got them as teeny little babies and she had like this really tiny house with no yard and I'm like, uh, and then she moved and so she couldn't take them. So that's how we got Gary and Lammy. The other goats that we have here are all um, from 4-H programs. <laughs> oh, okay. And some of the kids at the end of the 4-H program, they bring their their um, animals to the fairs and they sell them for slaughter and yeah. uh, for their meat. So some kids don't 
want to do that, obviously. Yeah. So they get attached. So we do try to help out if the, if the child <laughs> decides to go out of 4-H and doesn't want to slaughter them, sell their animals, that we'll try to help them out, take them in here. These are great digs you guys got. They're like, yeah, it's pretty nice in here. <laughs> it's nice, but it's cooler because, like, the, the nice one, the flies aren't quite as bad. Yeah. Do school slash group slash individuals mm-hmm. find you? They um, you are adorable. She is cute, right? She's the she's Hi, the Lammy. most mischievous, naughtiest. Because oh. I think cause she knows she's so cute. Yeah. Oh yeah. Super yeah. Naughty. She's like, I'm gonna get away with it. <laughs> oh. Well, we um. I mean, we have a strong... Sway. I try to be prevalent on mm-hmm. social media. We'll walk up this way and see some of the birds. Okay. Um, so, and we do offer tours, and I do have events. So I do try to engage the public as much as possible. Yeah. This is the uh, cardio portion of the... I love it. Of the walk. It's a nice steep here. hill. Yeah, I know. This is... It's a wonderful property, and it's has its foibles. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's perfect, and it is a very Pittsburgh... When I give tours, I'm like... It's Pittsburgh, people. That's right. You do have to walk up some hills. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's only, this is how it is. When did you... Head over here and visit some of the birds. You're not from Pittsburgh originally, right? No, I'm from Vermont. I am a New Englander. <gasps> I do love New England. I'm a huge... Too. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. I just talked to my mom today. Hi, everyone. And I grew up right at the base of the Killington Mountain in Vermont. Yes. So I talked to my mom today, and she said it's snowing. It's snowing. It's snowing already. That's why I had to move away. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. It's too much. It's, yeah. So we, oh my goodness. So it's kind of noisy with the geese. They are noisy. Aren't these geese beautiful? I was going to say they're beautiful. These feathers, listeners, they're like fluffy. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're called like Sebastopol. I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay. And that's, na- that's how they're, that's their natural. That's their natural. That's beautiful. But I always thought if I ever get married, I would just have a flock of these that would just walk with me. Wouldn't it look yes. like a wedding dress? That's what it looks so yes. beautiful. This is Ryan Gosling. He, he's very <laughs> Pushy. He's pushy, but he's actually Gosling. not. He's, they're not mean. They're Hi. just obnoxious. Hi, Ryan Gosling. He has got is the cool. saddest story. He came when he was a tiny little Gosling, and he's yeah. from New York where they were having this issue where people were purchasing birds, baby birds, from online hatcheries, yeah. but they were sending them to people as bag gifts. People were just getting boxes of, like, chicks or ducklings or things on their front on their front stoop and it was just a joke that the friend it was just awful right but, yeah but the animal shelters in that area in the wildlife sanctuaries were getting overrun with all these baby birds so they were reaching out to sanctuaries outside of the new york area too to uh try to find homes for her. that's where we got ryan Gosling. these are cornish chickens okay. which is a meat breed of chicken so if you were to get a chicken breast at the grocery store wrapped in cellophane it would be from this breed oh. which is very different than an egg laying chicken um, they are they are altered and they grow to be super fast, uh, very big birds, and then they're usually slaughtered when they're quite young. So we try to save as many of these birds. They're lovely, lovely birds, but they they don't age real well because they're just it's it's hard on their bodies just mm-hmm. because they're not meant, meant to be alive for so many years. So we do have she, this little girl is six <laughs> years old, which is kind of unheard of for this breed. So. The color, though, looks so white and it's so red. Yeah, they're beautiful. And they're just lovely, docile, sweet birds. So they certainly don't deserve the life that they no. sometimes are given. So we do try to educate about them. And, and even when you were saying, first of all, listeners, you don't hear them because they're not making any noise. Yeah. We talk about quiet, docile. It's the ge- it's Ryan yes, and crew. Yes, following us around. 
Um, but even that difference between the egg laying and the, I either, you know, never knew that or didn't think about it or the yeah, you don't, you don't see the Cornish. You don't see no. the meat. You don't see them in pictures very often. And that's no. all part of the agricultural mm-hmm. world. They don't like people to see what you eat. Um, so sure. they, you don't see them as live. So uh, we do try to do a lot of, of education for these birds because they, they are very sweet. Oh, we can head walk in this. I see. Yeah, uh, that's Tom Tushy. Hi, Tom Tushy. He, he actually, we have a, we have a flock of those types of roosters. You'll meet them, but he has a little wound on his bum. Uh-oh. So he stays over here just because I can treat him easier if he's out. Yeah. Here, rather than the coop in the coop back here. Yeah. I just call him Tom Tushy because he's got that infection on his tush. Tom. Tom the tush. And what, and so when you, when you were talking about, obviously as a vet and you study domesticate or yeah, look at me telling you, like, I know what you study as a vet. <laughs> well, you're right. Um, hey, there you go. The more domesticated <laughs> situations. Know. So the learning curve, like when you were saying, okay, now it's farm animals. What yeah. was that like for you? Or like, how did you? Oh, it's crazy. It's such a weird story because when I was in vet school, I had absolutely no interest in farm animals. <laughs> I had never had any experience with them. I grew up in Vermont and I, I was on a, we grew on a, up on a farm, but it was like lots of land. Uh, farmhouse and a barn, but we didn't have any animals. So I wasn't really like farming girl. I was just like country girl. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I really hadn't had any experience with them. Didn't want, I wanted to do companion animals. I wanted to do dogs okay. and cats. I was going to sign off on never doing another class with horses and cows. They intimidated me. So if you had told me back then that I would have a farm sanctuary, I would never believe it. So <laughs> it's so much... Because that was a long time ago, that school. I yeah. know spring chicken myself. <laughs> so it is a lot of learning, relearning things, and it's a lot of reaching out to colleagues and just trying to get people to help me. So I can do a lot of the work myself, but it's just remembering <laughs> what to do or what drugs to use or how to do certain procedures. I do spay and neuter all the animals on the, the property myself. Okay. Because we do have a pretty, as strict as possible, no breeding policy because it's very small here. We're only six acres, sadly. And uh, certainly we want to save the space that we do have for animals that are facing death. So we, we just want to take in abused and neglected animals. Hmm. Um, so we don't want to breed. Every once in a while, there'll be a chicken that will, or a duck that has a nest that I can't, I didn't find and they'll hatch a baby. Um, but we definitely get all of the bigger animals spayed and neutered. Okay. And it is, it's just, I can treat the animals here myself. And that does help as a nonprofit to keep some of the cost down. Cause I work pro bono yeah. on all these animals. It's just, some of it is I have to relearn or I have to ask for help. <laughs> is there one, one animal or t- type of animal th- that to you was the most challenging to figure out how to handle or. Uh, I think, I guess the two is is the emus, I think, are very challenging for me just because there isn't a lot of um, information out there because they're not usually, they're becoming more favorable as pets, but there's not a lot of information with people that have them as pets to learn, you know, certain routine illnesses. Um, So that's been hard because there's less people for me to reach out to to find out information. Um, And then we have farm hogs, which we can meet in a minute. And they're just hard to work with just because they're so big and strong (laughs) so there's a few that need to have nail trims that I need to reach out for some help to get the proper sedatives and um, the foot trimming instruments because you know it's not you can't just use a dog nail trimmer <laughs> to cut off. I was gonna say, what do you even use? <laughs> you even, have, it's a Dremel. I'm like hiding my nails right now like I instinctively like, I was like I don't want to think about that. About it. Yeah it's a Dremel you just kind of like <gasps> Dremel them down. But, oh my god, But they are intimidating. Yeah. But we have some really cool birds here. We have lots of birds. We do have like almost 100 animals here at Hope Haven. A very big majority are birds. So when I tell that to people, they're like, wow, where are they all? And I'm like, well, it's not like there's herds of 
you know, I don't know, out, animals running around, but we do have a lot of birds. But these birds are really interesting Hi. and I love them. These are Delaware chickens. These were actually used in an experiment um, in Michigan where they were trying to do some research on, um, I don't know if I can't remember, it's a grouse. It's a wild, I don't know if it was the sage grouse, but it's the numbers of this grouse are decreasing in the wild. So they were using these birds as surrogate experimental animals and testing them on certain toxins that they were thinking were uh, the reason why that the wild grouse was, its numbers were decreasing. Um. Which was, you know, any type of experimentation on an animal is very upsetting. But the awesome thing about this project is the researchers would not go forward with the research unless they were guaranteed that these birds would be rescued or like put into a sanctuary environment after the project was over. And that's almost, that's, I've never heard of that because in, in animal research experiments, the animals are almost 100% of the time euthanized yeah, after the, yeah. the test is done. So this was a very, I was just overwhelmed with how... Um, caring the, the researchers were yeah. and, and brought these birds here and they're just Wonderful. gorgeous lovely lovely they're chickens beautiful. they're beautiful <laughs> wow so the okay yeah so you now recently have just very recently volunteers so I've had, I started this place 10 years ago and I've been doing it pretty much on my own so if anyone's listening and they're thinking does she need more volunteers? It might be too much now for you, but I don't know, but maybe. Well, I mean, we do have a volunteer application on the website, so right. definitely check it out. We are looking for people who can kind of make a commitment just because it is hard to do the training for people that just want to come once or twice. But I did just last weekend have an open volunteer day, which I'm going to try to do more of. Cool. And that's with no commitment, no training. You just come out and help for the day. And that was, we did a lot. We had, we painted a lot of our sheds and stained a lot of the wood here with a group of people. And that was, that was nice. Because we can get many hands make light work. We can go up it's and visit be. the pigs. Oh, the pigs. Richard, what do you think of the pigs? He's just like, wow. He's like, I'm a little, a little intimidated, but. Uh -huh. This area, and again, I've been working on it, but I haven't gotten it. But at, maybe next year, I'm going to get this all cleared out. And we're going to um, get it landscaped. And then um, have tables. And what I would love to do, it's been a dream since I opened Hope Haven, is to be able to invite like senior citizens or like nursing home folks mm -hmm. to come out and have like tea or just have something yes. because it doesn't look, it's kind of getting dusk in the, but I mean, it's actually very pretty out here when it's, when it's I'm a little sure. bit more landscaped. It's beautiful and it's it so peaceful. It's just, like, yeah, when the geese shut up, it's Listen, very peaceful. There are other animals in our midst that aren't geese. Yeah. The yeah, other super exciting plan I have, which okay. I would love to share with your listeners and yes. your folks, is that we are trying to expand to a second property. <gasps> and we definitely need people's help. Okay. <laughs> and it's kind of a dream. But again, because this land is only six acres, we're kind of at max capacity. And what I would really like to get into with the second property is have something that's a little bit more event capable mm -hmm. and I would love to start offering more classes having more bigger events um, having like a rental area where Girl Scouts or other types of educational groups could come out and you know like rent a classroom and do things like that yeah. and we could maybe do some vegan cooking classes while also obviously being a farm sanctuary which would be we want a bigger property so we could start rescuing more animals this and, is uh, such a great idea. I'm so excited about it. It's just finding the land. <laughs> yeah. How many acres? Like how big? 20, 20 plus, at 20 least 20. Plus. Um, and the, the, the tough part is we want it to be about 30 minutes from the Wexford area. That's, okay. that's a tall order. But I, I work in the city and I still would probably be coming here a lot as well because we would keep this property. 
-hmm. So that's where it becomes a little sticky, 20 (laughs) acres, uh, 30 minutes from Wexford. The only things we've been finding so much are like $5 million properties, which are perfect. They're beautiful. (laughs) Just a little out of our budget. You know, just a tad. Oh, this is Ophelia. So this is our pig. This is one of the two pig pastures. Ophelia. Ophelia. Hi, honey. Like, what a beautiful <laughs> She's like, yeah, 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 with the pictures. Yeah, I know I'm beautiful. Do you have an apple? You are like so Ophelia, how about how much does she weigh? Well to give I, our listeners I a wish I knew. Mm. I, there's really no way to, to put her on a scale. But um <laughs> probably at least seven hundred because pigs are solid. Even the smaller pigs in this pasture, because we mm-hmm. do have six pot bellies <laughs> who clear the way. <laughs> This is Templeton. Hi, Templeton. Templeton of Ophelia, they're Duroc breed of okay. farm hogs. And Templeton's a male. You can see, he, isn't he's like a mountain? I was just going to say, as he was coming down that little, like, it's just oh, not even that high of a hill, but I was like, oh my gosh. It's in, yeah, he's, he's oh, impressive. Templeton. So they would be considered a, a meat breed. If they were left into, in the mm-hmm. industry, they would be used for their meat. Whereas the little ones up there are pot belly pigs. So those are the ones that most people would have as a pet. They're not used to right. eating. Oh, oh. His face is the size of, I mean, I'm just looking at the size like of his torso. head. It's almost like a torso size head. Yeah, and his, This is how big those, we're talking. Look at those tusks. Look at the tusks. Yeah, they, this I mean, is a male, so they can be very gentle. They're ju- can I pet her? Yeah. The only thing is a just, little bit. Just be careful. Just to, if she moves, I don't want you to hurt your hand. Oh, okay. Thank you. They're very docile. Hi. They're very nice, nice pigs. And the nice thing with this pasture, there's, there's a lot of good and bad with our current property the hill that you and i just walked up mm-hmm. is the bad but the good <laughs> is that this pasture just worked out perfectly for pigs because they have some pasture area where they graze and the pig will graze on grass just like a cow or a horse they love to eat oh grass. really yeah that crazy i hadn't known that either before getting into this <laughs> but the pasture also has this wooded section so they have a nice area where they can root around and have shade and you can't see it very well from here, but over on to the left is a spring-filled uh, bog. So there's just water that comes up into this big muddy pile, this pool. Yeah. And, I mean, they love it because a pig loves to be in mud, and it's important for them to keep them cool and keep them protected from the sun and the, the bugs. So they have that naturally. And then there are sheds here. So this is really like pig utopia. Right? A little bit. They have all of the things that yeah. they need. And these little pot bellies, oh my gosh. Aren't they cute? They are. Persephone so- is this black one. She's the <laughs> oldest. She's our matriarch female. Oh but my. doesn't she look at, she looks like she's just melting. The character. She yeah, has, she's got so many wrinkles. They're in her whole face. <laughs> no, she kind of looks like a gorilla. Yes. She's so nice. She she's does. So nice. She's, she's an old lady. She's an old lady. She's got an itch. And they yeah. all get, I mean, obviously they're all coexisting. Yeah. It's funny because they'll jostle. Like when I feed them, they mm. kind of jockey around for certain positions, but almost always it's the pot bellies that are pushing the farm hogs around. <laughs> pot bellies, yeah, they, they have no fear. They just are just uh, like, get out of my way. Yeah. And I, I, I feel strongly that if an animals, if the animals are given enough space that, I think that's one of the keys that we have here is that we have enough space that all our animals get along really well and it's just a blessing our sheep get along really nicely they have that whole pasture um it's just because they have enough yeah they feel like i can go off i can have my little area if i need it mm-hmm. i don't feel like we're fighting for yeah there's very there's almost no fighting we don't usually have any fighting, which is so nice because that would be upsetting <laughs> <laughs> i was noticing when Ophelia was over here that i feel like okay her snout the front of her snout is like the size of my fist if i ball my fist up oh yeah easy so that's a good that's a good visual maybe 
Like just the little yeah, first part her, of her, just her, the front of her, just snout the front part of her fist. snout is like that's where we start. Yeah, and then, and their snouts are so sensitive. They have so many nerve endings in their snouts. Oh, really? It's amazing. Yeah, that's like basically their hands. They they are so tactile and so intricate. They can smell. Well, you know, pigs are meant to find truffles. They right. can sniff out. Yeah, the amazing sense of smell and just the tactile. Uh, that they can feel around with their their smells is amazing and they're so strong though they could like almost like an elephant trunk <laughs> pigs in this pen and okay. they're a chew and gazuntite oh there they are <laughs> and they're my babies they're very so special they are also god bless oh. they are also a uh, duroc meat breed but they okay. were at a meat auction where a farmer did purchase them to raise them for meat um but she had a change of heart these two it's brother and sister and they are so bonded they love each other so much that this farmer actually when they were babies had a change of heart and decided she couldn't she couldn't raise them to slaughter because they just they would spoon each other they always were sleeping together i have pictures it's so cute um so she gave them to farm sanctuary which is a national sanctuary in new york it's amazing um and sadly though since they were at a auction house a meat auction and those places are just and the animals are all unhealthy and scared and they picked up a disease called bordetella which you might if you have yes. dogs yeah yeah it's similar it has a, it's a different different variant but it goes into their nasal passages and it actually eats the cartilage in their nose they these pigs were so sick they were at cornell university veterinary hospital for months um, but they are cured of it, but you can see how squashed their faces are. I was going to ask if that was, because at first I said, oh, what kind of, I thought it was a different it breed. It looks like it, yeah. Yeah, and it's because oh. of this permanent damage. And when we first got them after they left Cornell, after treatment, they would they get bloody noses a lot, and they would be very, they'd sneeze all the time. Oh. And they do still sneeze a lot. They don't have bloody noses anymore, thank God. But um, that's where they got their names, <laughs> Achoo and Gazuntite, because of all their sneezing. It's, and, and is this, which one is this? This is Gazuntite. Okay, so this is Gazuntite sneezed as we were coming down the hill, right? Yes. At, like right after you said their name the first time, yes, yes, yes. and you actually were like up last. I'm like, this is... It's just Amazing. so calm. I right always on hear, cue. They're always sneezing. But they are Hi. lovely, lovely pigs. They used to be them. out because they were much smaller. And they would run around the farm. And they, they went to one of our farm yogas. And they were so much fun. But now they've gotten so big that we did have to put them into a pasture. Because they, would, um, they were knocking over our retaining walls. And, not to be mean, but they would like lay against it. And the retaining wall would topple over. <laughs> yeah, you know. Such good like pigs. Like you do. Yeah, oh you know, it happens. Oh. oh, and here's the display. Hi again. And this is our newest turkey. Her name is Scout. Hi, she is Scout. a meat breed of turkey. She's a okay. midget white. But she's acclimating. She just came two days ago, but she's acclimating very well. Oh, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. This I beautiful mean, every, white. everyone is. Oh, there's another cat. That's Norman. Hi, we Norman. We have four barn cats here. And this is <laughs> Bradford. He is a Cooney Coon pig. So it's a different breed than a pot belly. Okay. Uh, it's just a different breed. And they okay. are so sweet. This, he's, just, he's making a beeline for us. And they like, always, this is this breed always has this hair. They're mm -hmm. just hairy. And they're lovely and you're fat and you're wonderful. Hi. This is his brother, Benson. Hello, Benson. They came, actually their Hi. anniversary is coming up in November. They came last Thanksgiving when uh, I went home for Thanksgiving to Vermont. The, the funny story is I probably, I hadn't, I hadn't been home, I hadn't been home in years because I, because of the farm. And I pulled up to my mom's house in Vermont 
and I had just checked my Facebook, you know, mm -hmm. and there was a note from someone saying like, hey, there's a big pig rescue in such and such a town, Vermont. And I'm like, that's weird. How far away is that? Like, that's weird. I'm driving home to Vermont and that's happening. It was two towns away from my mom's yeah. house. So I brought my luggage in. I'm like, hey, mom, I got to go do this pig rescue. And my mom's like, I haven't seen you in seven years. And I'm like, sorry. So we, I got these two piglets. They You're were little. kidding me. Oh. Uh, and they stayed in my heated, my mom's heated garage for Thanksgiving, ate leftovers. And then we drove back to Pittsburgh in a rental car. <laughs> And I, oh can't, I can my now, gosh. I'm banned from Enterprise. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Hi. <laughs> That's hilarious. It is a good story. The Enterprise part of it. Yeah, I know. And do you, okay, so when you were saying like they ate the leftovers, so what do, what do they eat? Like what do you, okay, as a whole, eats. I was going to say, what does everybody eat? Yeah, the I'm fascinated. food is definitely one of the highest costs that we have here at the farm. Everybody has their own particular, like obviously the ducks have pellets and the chickens have their pellets. Um, the pigs have pig pellets and that's their staple where they get all their nutrition. But we are lucky and we could always use more, get donations of produce. So there are um, some like shop and saves in different grocery stores that will let us come and pick up some produce leftovers. You know, that's not good for humans anymore. That's get yeah. a little bit spent. Um, and they'll let us collect those and bring those. And that's life-saving because that's so good for the animals to have, have um, produce, vegetables, and fruits. And so those go to everybody. So everybody gets quite a bit of produce here. And we are very thankful to get that. Um, but just getting the pellets and then the straw and the hay. Hay is a huge thing. All the animals need hay for their nutrition, even, even the pigs. He wants to lay down and he keeps pushing it. So rude. But... We need straw for bedding and the hay is the nutrition so the animals will eat the hay. So even the pigs get a lot of hay to eat and then the large animals have to eat their hay. And so yeah, everybody just has their own. We have feed rooms at the top of the hill here and we have a feed room in the barn. So everybody has their own canister, those gallon trash aluminum canisters with a different feed. And so the feeding is, is a fun part, I think, of running the sanctuary, but it's also the most expensive. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like, and do they all eat at the same time as yes. far as like yeah, dinner I come, time? I come then... in the mornings uh -huh. and I do work. I mean, I'm, I'm an early riser anyway. Mm -hmm. So I usually will be here before six o'clock to feed everybody. And feeding doesn't actually take too long in the morning because it's pretty, you know, I'm just like everybody, yeah. everybody gets their certain things in certain spots. Um, so we feed first thing in the morning and then I'll go to work. And then in the afternoon, I take more time to feed. And that's usually when everybody gets their produce. Um, so they do eat twice a day. And you can tell this time of, of night you, when all these birds are out, they're getting, everyone's getting a little bit worked up because they know it's dinner time. Uh-huh. Is, is it's almost be coming. time. It's almost and what about the goats? What oh. do they eat? Like, okay, they I am fascinated. Everything. I got to say. <laughs> I am fat. Oh, sorry, sorry sweetheart. Oh, goodness. I am fascinated. Oh, I know. Yes, mm. you're so beautiful. I am fascinated with goats because they can eat anything. Like, mm. honestly, like to me, look all the animals and all that, they are so... So, such an anomaly yeah. to me as a non-professional. How, They're, right? How? I know. They, well, they have a real powerful gut. Their stomachs are pretty, <laughs> are pretty tough. And they are, they're browsers. They're not, whereas a sheep will be a grazer. So mm -hmm. a sheep wants to go out and just eat grass. Mm -hmm. The goats are meant to eat browse. So they're meant to eat vines and leaves and chew on bark. It's just like what their body is meant to do. Yeah. So as much as it, they can eat pretty much everything, <laughs> they're the most problematic for me because I've had the most problems with the goats because they will try to eat anything that they get into trouble. They sometimes eat things that they're not supposed to or they'll eat 
if they break into the feed room and eat pellets, that's just too much pro like protein and too much richness all at once because their bodies are meant to like pull nutrients out of you know vines and bark and they their stomachs are supposed to work for their nutrition. So okay. if they eat too much grain, they can get really sick. So we have to be really careful of the goats <laughs> to uh, make sure they don't eat the wrong things. And uh, the one time we had a really rocket, one of our goats got extremely sick. We don't know what he ate. We think somebody threw bread over the, the fence to him, but um, he had trouble with his stomach and he had to go to Ohio State. We had to take him there for some stomach issues. So as much as you think a goat can eat a tin can and nothing right. stops it, they're the ones that we have the most GI upset with. Mm-hmm. That's a little troublemaker right there. Yep. I see her. Flat she's looking landing. at us. Yeah. Yeah, she's real bad because she can jump into the truck. <laughs> if I have produce donations in the back of the truck, she gets in there. And she's like, it's tearing them up. Oh, she's bad. She but knows. She, she knows. knows we're talking she's about like, her. She's like, I'm so cute. Look at um this email. Look this at this. This is Reno Jet. You're posing. Look at this foot. We have so much. We don't usually have so much going on in the evenings, but we have our volunteers and we have our clicker trainers we have this really fun event coming up next month where it's called clicker camp and this group is the um, alliance of modern pet professionals they're dog trainers wonderful dog trainers they're all positive reinforcement yes and we're having this really fun class where they're going to come up and they're going to work with the, our animals and people can join and uh, we're, they're doing clicker training with the farm animals and it's been super they're amazing they've taught these animals to do all these really cool acts and it's just such good stimulation for the animals it's yeah. mental stimulation environmental stimulation um, and so we're all about it and it's it's incredible the stuff that they're able to these animals because farm animals are super smart they're oh, just like our yeah. dogs and cats so they've been teaching them all sorts of little tricks and things all for um high value snacks like raisins or grapes something mm -hmm. the animals really love and so they'll do these really fun tricks with them so that's I gonna actually be a fun used, event. I did a little clicker training with Hazel. Listeners oh. know Hazel, our oh. dog, our mini Australian Shepherd. Ooh, that's you need to keep her entertained. <laughs> she's so smart. Yeah, it's great, and then it's not great sometimes because she's a person. Yeah, she's absolutely. basically a person. Mm -hmm. We talk about like with Richard. I mean, she shepherds us. She decides when we should all go to bed, and just snorts at us, and then walks into our room. And if we don't follow her, she comes back out, snorts at us. Goes back in the room. Oh my like, she's god! Putting, she's putting me to bed. She's putting us to bed. She's tucking us in. And then you're like, okay. she's yeah. I'm like, you're right, actually. Okay. <laughs> I am a little tired. Um, you're right. You're right. You're sensing it. But I did do clicker stuff like with her because it, it's the same thing, just with. They want to learn. Getting them in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 They do. That is so cool with these. And so that's you said that's coming up. That's it. Yeah. That's October eighth and 9th. I really want to start doing a lot more events with the public. It's taken a lot of years for Hope Haven to get to the point where I can reach out and have people visit because it was so much work to just get it started yeah. <laughs> and to get the animals taken care of and kind of get all the basics the fundamentals and the foundations strong enough where I can now start being you know welping welcoming not welping welcoming <laughs> <Hopefully> <laughs> no I'm not doing any of that <laughs> but I would really like to uh, really get more of a relationship with Pittsburghers in the community yeah. and show them what these animals have to offer. It's a really fun experience to come here. So even the time we've been here, I love it. Yeah, I can, I can vouch for that even just in this time and walking around and it is, I feel like, I mean, we are being accompanied yeah. by them. We're in their company. Yeah. We're not, Oh, looking at, the, I mean, we're, we're, we're in this together. We're walking around, they're walking with us, they're hanging out. I mean, it's... They really like to be around people. Yeah. It is. It's like we're all, when, you, when you're here, you're kind of part of the family. Yes. You're, you're yeah. part of the, you're all, and that's how I feel it is with just 
going to wax philosophical, but yes. just like we're all connected, even in just the world and animals in general. I just feel like we're all part, we should all be working in unison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this mm-hmm. is just a nice environment where you can really feel that. I think you just feel the connection. And then what I hope is people can feel that here and then go out back to their regular life and try to take little pieces of that. And whether you make a little wildlife sanctuary in your yard or put food out for the stray cats or just somehow work on keeping that connection alive because that's what we I think we really everyone needs that right now it's a bad time in the world with a lot of things so this is a good it's a good thing Mm. it's a good spot so I'm really appreciative that you would share it with your with your crew oh my gosh yes I just that all is just kind of sitting with me everything you just said because I could not agree more with it this is awesome I cannot thank you enough well thank you for coming out It is time for Name That Neighborhood, but as I mentioned, we're going into the Wayback Machine. Okay, so partially because Don and my schedules were just wild this week, and as I was thinking about it, then I thought, well, it would be interesting to go way back to the first episode. That's right. So then my interest was piqued. I have not listened to that episode since around that time, which was July of 2020. So I said, let's do it. So you're about to hear again, or perhaps for the first time, um, our first Name That Neighborhood segment. And I think, I think you'll notice some differences. Here we go. And that little jingle means it's time for Name That Neighborhood. That's right. It is our uh, mini quiz show segment, if you will, regarding neighborhoods in and around the Berg. Uh, Now, we are not able to offer cash nor prizes, not at this point anyway, uh, but it is our quiz show segment nonetheless. So, let's get to it. Name that neighborhood does require a special guest, and so... Please allow me to introduce him to you now. We are very lucky to have in our midst, although I'm not sure he really had a choice because he's my husband, uh, Don DiGiulio. Don, welcome. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. (laughs) It is great to have you. Okay, so here's the deal. I have in front of me four facts about different neighborhoods in Pittsburgh, and the answer to each of these will be either... The South Side, Dormont, or Edgewood. Now, astute listeners will note that these are the neighborhoods from which Steve, Nancy, and Carol, our storytellers from today, all hail, respectively. That's pretty much it. Uh, Do you have any questions for me? I do not. Okay. Now, Don, you are a Pittsburgh native as well, correct? I am. And where are you from? McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. McKees Rocks. Nice. So, do you need to prep it all mentally, or you just want to jump into this? I would love to jump into this. Excellent. Let's do it. In this neighborhood, you will find a historic B&B and wedding venue, which was once a stop on the Underground Railroad. Hmm. I'm going to say the South Side. 
Yes, indeed. You are <laughs> correct. The South Side. So this is the Morning Glory Inn, which is on Sarah Street. Are you familiar? I'm familiar with the street. Good. <laughs> That's good. Um, and so a little bit of information. So yes, this was uh, for enslaved peoples who were seeking freedom. They climbed through a trap door of a horse-drawn carriage and into a manhole below. And the manhole opened up into a room in the basement of the safe house. And a brick tunnel with a curved ceiling led to the basement's main room. Amazing. And in Pittsburgh, we actually have several stops uh, that were part of the Underground Railroad. Um, excellent. One for one. Let's, let's keep this party rolling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this neighborhood is home to a shopping center that is located on the former site of the Union Switch and Signal Factory, which essentially was a railroad business focusing on railroad safety in particular. I'm going to have to go with Edgewood on this one. <gasps> you would be correct, sir. Edgewood is correct. So, uh, this Union Switch and Signal Factory was founded by the brilliant George Westinghouse. You may have heard of him. I've heard of him. Great. Yeah. And it was founded in 1881 and was in operation for almost just about 106 years hmm. on that site until it was closed down in 1986. Hmm. Um, it's on South Braddock Avenue. And the company is still around today, but it is known as Ansaldo STS. Mm. Mm -hmm. Two for two to Julio. I try. Great. <laughs> Number three. Mm. The first Kaufman's department store was located in this neighborhood, opening its doors in 1871. Hmm. I'm going to go back to the south side on this one. You would be correct to go back to the south side. Oh, man, gee. <laughs> well done. It is true. It was located at 1916 East Carson Street. Hmm. And it was there until 1877, so not too long. Uh, but then, of course, it was then that Kaufman's moved downtown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Three for three. Can he do it? Fourth and final fact. All but two of the side streets in this neighborhood are designated as avenues. Hmm. Every side street has avenue at the end. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, given the answers of the first three questions, I'm going to go with Dormont for this one. <gasps> so as not to have a neighborhood feel left out. <laughs> you are correct, sir. It is Dormont. It is Vermont. So the exceptions, right, all but two of the streets, are Memorial Drive and Park Boulevard. Hmm. Those are the only two. Crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Don DiGiulio, four for four, 100%. Thank you for joining us. thing that stands out to me about the differences from that very first episode is how reserved Don was. Polite, almost. Okay, he's not here to defend himself, so that's not fair, but... <laughs> and then how short. I mean, we did five statements of fact in under five minutes. I don't think we've seen those numbers in quite some time. That was our little trip down memory lane. <laughs> and on that note... We're going to bring this episode, episode 70, holy heck, 
to an end. I am your host, Tressa Glover. And again, I thank you so much for tuning in again or for the first time. And if you do want to reach out to us and share your stories, share today, I am grateful for blank. Or if there's someone or some folks who you'd like me to feature on the show, yinsaregood at gmail.com is how you can reach us. Again, huge thanks to Karen Phillips, Hope Haven Farm Sanctuary. Oh my gosh. Listeners, you really do. You got to go take a tour, check out all of the events they have. How lucky we are to have this place in the Pittsburgh area. And thank you, Cami T. Coach and Volantots, for all you continue to do and for being on the show again. Until next time, my friends, be safe, be kind, be good. Special thanks to Don DiGiulio. And as always, for our fabulous artwork, Mike Rubino. 